Welcome to the Paranormal Pendle podcast, coming to you from the heart of Pendle Witch Country in the northwest of England. My name is Craig Bryant, author, investigator, and collector of stories. Join me as we take a journey into the paranormal, UFO sightings, cryptozoology, and big cats. This is the Paranormal Pendle podcast. Welcome to episode 31 of Paranormal Pendle, broadcasting to the Paranormal UK radio network at paukradio.com. So this is the first episode of 2023, and as as some of you may know, 2022 was a difficult year, um, and I appreciate all the support I've received through social media um, and the many lovely emails I received towards the end of the year um, as I decided to take a break from All Things Podcast. Now, hopefully the wait will be worth it, as I've got a fantastic guest on uh, this episode, and I've also got a number of really great guests lined up um, over the next few months. So before I introduce my guest uh, for this podcast, um, I'd just like to mention one of uh, PAUK's driving forces, uh, Mark Johnson, who um, is uh, over the pond from where I live in the UK. Um, If you're listening, Mark, I just want to wish you all the best for the new year. I know you've had a very difficult time. Um, You know where we all are if you need us. uh, And chin up, my friend. Um, And let's hope that 2023 is a good year for everybody. Okay, so um, my guest on this episode is Chris Whitehouse. So I interviewed Chris back in September. um, And since then, he's had a book published. Um, and I'm hoping that he's also got some more spooky stories of his investigations um, that he's undertaken since we last spoke. So first of all, Chris, welcome and a happy new year. Happy new year, my friend. I'm glad to see you better. Thank you. Yeah, I had um, <clears throat> a little bit of the old lurgy, as we call it. Um, I had COVID, unfortunately, in uh, in November. So uh, that was particularly unpleasant. Um, if anybody tells you it's just a bad cold, they are... Uh, um, they're not telling you the full story. Um, yeah, re- raring to go. Hopefully, um, you know, as I say, I've got some great guests lined up and, and obviously you're the, the first one of, of this year. So um, so that's brilliant. It's great to talk to you again. OK, so let's start off then. Do you want to tell us, uh, first of all, about, about your book, um, what it's called, obviously, what the motivation behind writing it was um, and what it's all about? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Into the Darkness... Becoming a Ghost Hunter is my book. Uh, it's not in shops other than Amazon. So you get the paperback on Amazon and then the Kindle version on Amazon, obviously. So, uh, yes, the motivation for that was, well, I've done write-ups ever since doing the team. I'd dictated, I would record it, then dictate it. And that would be my evidence that I would keep, you know, the Ouija board, the Gauss readings, the temperature changes, and that was a very scientific approach 12 years ago now. So I had always been a, a want to be a writer, but um, never really finished anything and never did anything that had amounted to anything other than what I enjoyed. Uh, but then I noticed that I'd, I'd always finished my write-ups because there was a two or three hour you know, piece to write. And the, the, sometimes the better investigations got more... Um, word counts because I was enjoying it, and I thought, oh, I should I should probably put those write ups together into into a book. And I thought, no, that's that's not what I want to do. They're already up, they're already out there, floating about on the internet. 
I thought I'll just start from scratch. I'll talk about my youth and tell my tell of my journey. So this book documents my journey from being a child, loving the paranormal, any experiences I had, uh, more so in my early 20s, but the youthful ones that put me on the journey. Then a house that I didn't like uh, and, and freaked me out and had experiences there. Through to finally starting a team, sceptically, and uh, yeah, there's some write-ups, like dictations, part of the write-ups in there, but I expand on my fe thoughts and feelings, and it goes right up to COVID, really, when we stopped, uh, and now I'm starting to write the second book, which will be the few year, four years or whatever after that, you know, began, so. Okay. So what was it then that first got you interested all those years ago in the paranormal? I had an experience when I was a child where I had the covers whipped off me in the middle of the night and I looked to see a black shape hovering at the end of my bed with its arms out and it's it's sort of hov yeah, like say hovering like, like a gingerbread man formation, arms and legs out. Uh, and that really uh, terrified me. And then... Obviously, you're sort of saying to other people in the school playground, I've had a ghostly experience. Have you ever had one? No, not no, I haven't, but I'm into ghosts. Well, yeah, so am I. And I want to learn out more. I want to learn more about it and find, you know, I was just into it in a, in a very vague sense. I don't remember discovering the paranormal, but mm. I do remember that first encounter. And then, um, yeah, just basically... I guess I always wanted answers and I was intrigued by it. And I was a very much of a, a loner child. And the house that we lived in at that time gave me nightmares. And I'm not going to be saying, oh, I'm a sensitive, I'm a psychic. That's not where this is going. It's mm. more, I'm not, I'm just a regular person without those gifts. And still like, oh, I, you know, that was, even, that was even probably worse because I was like, am I imagining it? Mm. Or... You know, maybe I was a fearful child. And obviously, as you grow up, time passes and you start to think, I must have just been a, a scared child. Like, you know, people, kids are afraid of the dark and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I batted it away, really. Yeah, and then eventually... I suppose it's it's the imagination, isn't it, of, of children, really, that, um, that, can, that can sometimes... You can sort of scare yourself, can't you, at that age? Yeah. Yeah, especially wandering around when you're you're small and everything's big. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and when I told my two brothers and my parents, I saw a ghost last night. I was terrified. Mm. Um, all four of them just just as you would be like, no, you didn't. You were dreaming. Right. You know, when your kid comes down and tells you, I had. You're like, well, you probably had a nightmare. And mm. you know, I'd even do it myself. You'd you'd say you probably didn't. But so, yeah, that really bugged me because I was like, I totally get why you're saying that. But on this occasion, I did. <laughs> so did did they never see anything in the house then? Or or did they never admit seeing anything in the house? They kind of agree that it was a weird place. It was two houses knocked through into one long one. And downstairs we had a bakery. So it was a shop, essentially. Okay. Uh, and upstairs was where we lived. Um, but subsequently... Uh, we're talking a couple of decades later. Mm. I'm, wor I'm working and I meet a guy who says, oh, you're from Cullingworth, aren't you? I say, oh, yeah. 
and he said, and he was like, we used to, it turns out, we used to live in our house. So before us, and this guy's probably 25 years older than I was. Right. And so he was like, oh, it was really, it was really freaky. I didn't like it. Oh, and right. suddenly okay. I'm like, well, I'm the kid. I can understand not liking it. He's mm. much more, he was a, a, the, the, you know, the dad of the house. Yeah. And he was like, didn't like it. And that wasn't at all because... A girl who was on my street as a young teen, she ended up working there when it was all being refurbished. Uh, as a, it was a nursery for children, and she was like the cleaner. And all of her cleaning products and supplies were in what was my mother's bedroom, uh, along the dark corridor that I didn't like. And she said, "My mother, my mother, and me, and you know, the staff don't like going into that that end room." It's like exactly. So that really compounded it for me that I wasn't being daft, you know. Yeah. Um, there and... was def definitely something, yeah. def something going on in the house. Yeah. I mean, did did this gentleman um, give you sort of any 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 other indications of things that maybe he'd seen or or no, felt? No, or... hadn't seen anything. <clears throat> he was he was just scared, unnerved. Yeah. Because I didn't like it. I didn't feel at home. And I was like, well, that's that's interesting, you know. Yeah. So it, it was the atmosphere then more than Yeah, he wasn't great. thinking, oh, this is home sweet home. Mm. You know, some places yeah. I guess you just don't settle into. No, that's very true. So when you, um, you said that you, you sort of, um, as you grew up then, when you got into your uh, 20s, you started to um, take more of an interest. You had, did you say you had some some more experiences in your 20s? I moved out from my mother's and got my own house. Now this house was not one that I wanted, it was given to me as part of a little bit of a deal. My grandma knew a lady, an old lady who was selling up, not because she wanted to, but because she was going into a home. Mm. Um, and it was like, oh okay, well we'll try and get a bit of a deal off a sale. Look, it's for my grandson, can you knock a few grand off or whatever. Mm. So it seemed like the obvious choice, whether I liked it or not, that it, I'd be stupid to not take it as my first house. Um, and it was one of those houses, like going to visit your grandma in the 70s or something, where all the furniture were just old lady. Yeah. And all the walls were old lady, the carpets. Mm. And there was just no getting out of it. You know, I'm 20, to about to turn <clears throat> 21 in a really old lady's house. I was just like, huh. I do not like this, but I guess we'll make something of it, you know? Yeah. So that feeling from the off, great having my own space. But anyway, then things started to take a turn for the weird. Now, I did have moments, months probably, of getting used to the neighbours, getting used to the creaking of the house and the floorboards and knew what to discount. Mm. Bearing in mind that I was deep into most haunted, you know, programs like that, anything ghostly, and always had been. Um, so that was always a factor. Once you're watching programs like that, you're not very happy going to bed in the dark <laughs> and turning the lights off. I was definitely like that, which is weird because I'm the opposite now. But um, yeah. I wasn't the ghost hunter I am. I was I was a ghost interest person, but definitely uh, I'll probably watch something else before I go to bed, you know. Mm. 
Yeah, I remember um, myself and, and my wife lived in a, uh, a very old um, cottage type house. Well, they call it cottage. It was a two up, two down uh, weavers house cottage, really. Um, and we used to watch Most Haunted. And there were a number of times where I didn't feel like going upstairs on my own to the bathroom. You know, it was uh, even though it was, you know, we know it, it was for entertainment purposes. There was, there was definitely an atmosphere about it. And I do remember the one that they did at Pendle Hill. Um, probably it was one Halloween, probably about, I don't know, more than must, must be about 15 years ago now. Um, I think it's actually out there on YouTube somewhere. Um, <clears throat> and that was... Uh, that was quite interesting because obviously it was it was in an area that that I knew very well and I know I know very well, uh, but there were definitely times where I was I was scared to sort of go upstairs to the bathroom on my own after watching it. Again, I think it was the house, as 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 you say, you know, you get a feeling from the house, um, and we certainly got a feeling from that house as well. And as it as it transpired, there were there were things going on, but that's that's a different story. So um, again, it, it was it was a sort of feeling with you. Was was there actually anything? Anything that you saw, anything physical, or was it just a feeling that that something wasn't quite right? I would watch whatever I was watching and go to bed, and then I would hear um, like a noise from downstairs, voices, <clears throat> and so I'd get up and walk down and see that the TV was on, like one a.m. Right, and be like, well, I turned it off and went to bed. Mm. And it's unnerving that when you're stood alone and there's no lights on, you know, the TV's lighting up the front room and you're like, well, okay, that's weird. But maybe it, there's a timer that I've knocked on to come on. But I'm thinking, a timer to come on? I, don't, mm. I, I know this timer's to go off. Yeah. So anyway, you're, living, you're on your own. So it's like, well, I'm not going to go down the spook. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Not, I'm not scared. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. You know? But then it would happen maybe a week later. I'd, I'd go to bed. Maybe I wouldn't get walking in the night, but I'd come down and my remote control, which I always have by my side, would be right in the middle of the room between yeah. the couch and the TV. <clears throat> and I'd be like, well, I didn't, I didn't put that there. Mm. So then, you know, you're starting to think, is there something here? But I don't want to admit it out loud to the to the house. <laughs> um, but these escalated, escalated to the point where I would have I turned my cell, cellar into a, a makeshift cinema, bought a projector, painted the wall white, put a little futon down there, and I got all my videos and DVDs. So I would descend to the bottom of the house and hear like walking in the lounge and think it was my friend coming to watch a film with me. Mm. And he, the, the thing was, I'd hear him pull up normally, open my door, walk through down the stairs, hello friend, you know, that, that's yeah. the normal thing. But this one time I'm hearing, I'm hearing walking, but I didn't hear the open the front door open, um, and then walking across above my head, and then not silence, and I'm like, well he must be stood still, like looking at my CDs or something. And I'm like, I'm shouting up and down here. Nothing. So I go, I'm about to go up and I hear his car pull to a close outside my house <coughs> to the front door go. And I'm like, I thought you were just here. 
He said, oh, no, I've just got, just got here. So it started like that. I'm like, well, I've literally just heard some, the same noise you just made, but before you came. Um, and we'd sit in the cellar, and halfway through a film, the cellar door would just open. And it, it got regular when I was on my own. And I'm, obviously, I'm like, wind, the vacuum effect. That's the first option. That's what I'm trying to convince myself. Yeah. But then he would be sat next to me and it had opened maybe like the eighth time and he'd finally witness it. And I remember saying to him to calm him down because I'm into ghosts and he isn't. Mm. I look at him and I'm like, oh, don't worry. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, like yeah. I, I'm in control of it. It's friendly, whatever, whatever I meant by that. Mm. Just like, just watch the film. Don't worry about it. Um, but then I, the, the door in my cellar wouldn't completely fit in nicely, like a normal door shuts correctly. This kind of wedged into the frame. You mm. could really pull it into the frame, but it was like, oh, well, it's wedged that hard, half shut, that it's fine. Um, one time I left the cellar to make a cup of tea or something, I can't quite remember, uh, and I pulled it shut more so than usual and said huh try try and open that then as i'm confidently trying well trying to regain my confidence of i'm in charge here mm. went upstairs and i just heard this and the door like you know be pulled out of its socket mm. and open and i just flew through the lounge up the stairs up the se second set of stairs into the attic and thought well i'm cornered now mm. You know, I've got to go down. That's my only option. Um, and so, this silence, you know, I'm thinking, what is about to happen? Mm. Nothing. Just a very imposing. Well, I I felt like I communicated with something then. I felt like I was having a two-way, you know, battle yeah, in the yeah. world. Um, but throw into the mix when I'd, I'd suddenly smell gas. Uh. And I'm like, oh, that's that's weird. Now, this happened on about three occasions, and I finally debunked that. When I was opening the fridge, it, it was 90 degrees to the to the cooker, and the fridge door would whack the, the hob buttons in and twist it. Oh. I debunked that. So I, I'm in this field of, am I just imagining it? Am I getting this ghost thing in my head because I'm into ghosts? Mm. And not a ghost here, you know? So, but then they'd be like, I'd... I'd I'd be hungover and I would have been sat in the middle of the floor rewinding a video cassette waiting to watch a film. And I'm sort of resting my eyes like, oh my God, I feel rough, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I've opened my eyes and there's a mouse, a dead mouse in front of me, its tail straight out that wasn't there 30 seconds ago. Right. And it was like, and that, yeah, that, you, you might think, well, that's just a dead mouse you didn't spot. It's like it literally wasn't there. Mm. And then another day, there'd be a bird in my living room. And I'm like, where did a bird, why, why is there suddenly a bird in my living room? Mm. You know, I'll open I'll, I'll open a window. I'm, I'm a blinds shut, windows closed, hermit of a guy, you mm. know? Um, and so how did a bird get in? And, and that mouse, you know, these things were like weird. Did and you, then, sorry to interrupt, did you, um, did you have an open fireplace? Did you have an open chimney? No. 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 Um, so, then my girlfriend at the time was around and she was completely sceptical. Um, 
and one morning I go down to make the cup of tea um, and there's a bat in my front room and it and it's it's summertime and I'm like well why is the bat out in the day why is it in my house you know these are animal things I'm like is this a message am I I felt like I, I don't know what the message was but I felt like something was trying to say something to me and I still don't know then there were two sightings but but not by me okay when, when I was moving out to live with said girlfriend um I get my joiner friend in to laminate my floor and you know how you do a house up to sell yeah um essentially he's working away and starts starts leaving can't remember which whether he would go whether they'd gone down got which staircase he won whether it was on the staircase to the cellar or on the staircase to, to the front room. But either way, he comes across a woman coming towards him on the stairs. Okay. And, and I thought it was scary at the time, but I asked him for research for my book, and he said no. The the, the feeling I got wasn't a fear, it was a welcoming feeling. And she was like middle aged, but his reaction was. God damn it. And he just ran. He got in his car and then brought his dad back. Said, I've just seen a woman at Chris's house, but I need I need to get my tools. And I'm not going there on my own. And he, he never came back. Right. So did you ever get your floor laminated? Then? I did. I did. <laughs> Good. Well, there's a happy ending to that. I was fascinated about that woman. So so you said there were two sightings. Was the second sighting the same one? Well, the second sighting was my sceptical, completely non-believing to become wife um in the middle of the night she goes to use the toilet and she looks down the stairs for whatever reason because it was like a, simply a meter stride from bedroom to toilet yeah but she goes i felt compelled to just have a glance down the stairs um and she saw what she thought was a woman walking up the stairs but she was continuing her motion. She looked, she glanced, and next thing you know, her head was in the bathroom. And she's like, I know I thought I just saw a woman, but I didn't. And I don't want Chris telling me you saw a ghost. So she stepped she stepped back out and she's going, I'm gonna find out what I did see, whether it was coats hanging up, whether it was the shadow, because we had we had wobbly walls, yeah, yeah. badly skimmed walls. Um, and she's like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't see anything. It was just a clear, a clear shot down to the bottom of the stairs. So did she describe what the woman looked like then? Silhouette, silhouette, right. just like hair, the hair of a woman, you know. Yeah, yeah. Long, long hair. So yeah, she goes, it's just that sort of look, look, and then wait, what? You know, double take. Did you do any research at all then about previous, um, previous occupants of the house? I wouldn't know how to do it even now. I don't right. know how to do that sort of thing. I know that my deed said 1900 it was built, um, and. It was in an area where obviously a mill house. We had a mill up there yeah. at one time. It was the workhouses, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all I've done other than live there was I went back and put my ghost team's business card through the letterbox <laughs> with, a little, with a little note saying, have you had any weird experiences? And I used to live here. And here's my number. And uh, never heard anything. But did you see a for sale sign up the week after? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I sold it to a, a lad, a bloke, actually older than me, probably ten years older than me at the time. 
and figured it, it, he'd still live there. But I know now he's got hanging baskets outside, which wasn't really his type of thing. No, unless if well, yeah, I thought that now, and I'm like, oh, that's that house still gives me the creeps, and I still do have nightmares about it. There's much less now. The idea of writing the book was, I'll get this all out. Yeah. I had nightmares at the time of writing it because I'm revisiting those memories. Yeah, and the yeah. sort of the fade, the faded off. But every now and again, I'll be just dreaming, and then suddenly I'm in the house, and I haven't sold it, and I'm yeah. stood in the front room, and the house is watching me. And mm. I have to make a run for the door. That's just the, the feeling yeah. I get. Yeah, it's it's interesting isn't it? How, how you suddenly get these memories when you. I know when I was when I started writing my book, my books, um, you suddenly start remembering things that that had been you know had been buried away in your memory for for years and years. So yeah, it's it's great. Um, uh, it's a great way of, of, of remembering things that, that you wouldn't normally remember when you start sitting down and writing books. So uh, when did you then decide that you wanted to put a team together um, to start doing investigations? And more to the point, how did you get the team together? How did you uh, find the people, like-minded people who wanted to become involved in it? So it was, it was Halloween 2010, about a week before. I finished watching Most Haunted and I'm like, you know what? I sit here and I'm pointing at the TV going, eh, that <laughs> might be, you're saying it's a ghost, but it probably is something else. Because that's my mindset to shoot it down. To talk. I was I was brought up on there, like Arthur C. Clarke books. Yeah. And, it, and that was always, with a very raised eyebrow, these people think they've seen the ghost. Who am I to say what they probably haven't? That was like the James Randi, look at the guy, you know, he was like, well known for shooting down Yuri Geller and mm. putting up like a million dollar reward or whatever for someone to prove psych psychic, you know, to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the mindset of the country was always like, it's you're a bit mad if you think you've seen a ghost. Um, it was at the time. That's interesting. I've, I've, I've just sorry again to interject, but yeah, you're right. I think at the time. Um, I think the one thing that Most Haunted did, which was really good, and, and, and we could probably talk for hours about the pros and cons of Most Haunted, but I think one of the things that it did really well was it actually brought the subject out into the consciousness of the general public, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that they had tens of millions of viewing figures, but the whole idea and the whole concept, I think, started to permeate out probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, and then obviously, you know, there was the there was the court case and everything which which hit the national um, the national newspapers with um, obviously Derek Accor and, and, you know, various um, uh, things that, that, that were levelled at him. But I, I, so, and so I think that the, the, the one good thing that they did was to actually bring it out into the public consciousness and for it not to be some sort of freaky you're weird if you believe in ghosts it was sort of like you know oh okay so you know you're a ghost hunter great uh, tell me some stories or you know you believe in ghosts that's brilliant there's no um no mocking anymore it's all very much out there in in the in the the national consciousness i think now it's acceptable is, is what i'm trying to say yeah like you say i think it brought the brought the conversation because it's like did you watch most haunted what did you think and oh i once saw a ghost and therefore you're allowed to you're allowed to speak about it, aren't you? Yeah, you are. So you're sat there, you watch an episode. Do you remember which episode it was, just as a matter of interest, or? No, 
no idea. <laughs> I've no idea. But I know that it was Halloween 2010. And I'm thinking, right, Google ghost hunts. Now, I knew there'd been some in Leeds, uh, mm. in, in a, asylums and some something like that. And they're like 40 or 50 pounds. So mm. I'm like, oof. Yeah. Like, you know, will my, will my wife allow me to spend that on something she didn't even believe in? You know. Anyway, so I'm sat because she wouldn't she wouldn't watch more sounded with me because it's all not even real. So she'd have gone to bed and I'll be googling it. And what do you know? In one one or two weeks' time, on Halloween, uh, there is literally one down the road in a mill. And I'm like, well, that's seems like fate, you know? Yeah. Like not just like one in Leeds is like one on your doorstep next mm. week or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Well, so I sort of begged my wife to let me go to that and I didn't want to go on my own I took my sister who was also I got into the most haunted mm. um so we had this big discussion of we will go and we will keep our eye on the team because the team are probably there to fake things you know they make money off it that's the point so yeah. we'll, we'll they will possibly do we're looking out for Derek, Der, Darren Brown's suggestion. We're looking out for, you know, we want to put our things on the glass. Me and my sister will sit opposite each other on a Ouija board so that anyone else we can feel where the movement's coming from. Yeah. So that was a mindset. Even though I love ghosts, I'm thinking this is probably, you know, the mindset we should have. Paranormal um, the prophet is 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 what a lot of people call it in that. You know, it's 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 making a profit out of pretending that there are, you know, shadows and ghosts, and you know. So again, you know, perhaps are we going back to the, you know, the um, the most haunted um, uh, format? <laughs> yeah, well, it's entertainment, yeah, but I, it didn't go as I thought anyway. So I, I, I we had an experiences, if you like, with my sister and I felt. Well, I felt something walk through me, like, you know, some stood in front of a fridge, mm-hmm. like a waft of freezing. But then my insides, I've never ever had the feeling again, but my insides ch- sides chilled. And right. then my back was cold, like the fridge was behind me. Yeah. And then my sister had that exact same thing. The cameraman of, of the ghost team was stood behind her, he just got knocked off his feet. Wow. Now, I'm thinking, wow, is this mm. what researching the paranormal is? We're going to physically get assaulted and, you know what I mean? I, it's weird how that never, that was, that never happened again, but I was like, whoa, is this, is this what I'm, I'm actually getting involved in this if I mm. go down this route? Um, and I'm thinking, well, even if he had fallen over as a, oh, no, you know, acting, he doesn't know what I felt in my body. He doesn't know what my sister felt. And he, he perfectly timed it. We didn't have, we were just like, oh, my God. And my sister was like, oh. And then he fell over. Mm. That's you very know. odd. Yeah, it's very odd. Was was there, um, was there anything else happened that, that evening? And in fact, um, can you give us a sort of clue roughly whereabouts it was, this place? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's in, in Illingworth in Halifax. Okay. Um, I think it's called, dare I say it wrong? Homefield Mills. Okay. Like that. It's in Illingworth. Yeah. Um, Which is in Yorkshire for people who don't. I'm sorry. Don't, yeah. Don't know. No, no, it's fine. I'm talking to Craig because you're just down the road, like you know what I mean. <laughs> We're just you over know, the hills, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I, we were all sat in a circle and talking about we, we had a medium, obviously. So the medium saying on what they can feel and suggesting to our brains what what might be going on and that's all fair enough but supposedly he picks up on these children who used to work in these mills and my right leg went really cold and I'm like well, that's weird you know I mean as I say I'm I'm skeptically intelligent mm. you know I'm not like being succumbed to this suggestion so mm. I'm like look I have to admit my my leg feels weird and oh yeah there's a, there's a kid sat on your leg and mm. I, I can't put any I can't put anything in that it's, maybe if there was maybe there wasn't but yeah it, she's like well the kid seems to be attracted to you and it was like oh, that's weird why one leg would go cold and not both yeah, or, for sure. I don't know but yeah I was like you know maybe maybe I'm I'm not going to be able to disprove all this and then finally we we get on the board with two other young well I say young we were um, I think how old we were. But basically, these other girls who were like 15 or something. So they, they were coming on this as guests themselves. Mm. And we, the four of us, my sister and these two, me and my sister and these two women, uh, uh, were putting our finger on the glass, thinking, well, now that the team member's not on the glass, this thing shouldn't move if they're faking it. Mm. And yet it moved as easily with just us. And it was like, well, this is baffling to me. Yeah. You know? Which made me the follow-up. The question is, what? How did I create the scene? Um, I I followed on Facebook this group. I befriended the members. I went to see them privately. We spoke about, you know, I'm yeah. like, I want to build a team, and I, you know, they'd tell me about cases and what happened on those cases, and uh, yeah, just I, I I joined their Facebook group, and there was another woman who was the predominant commenter. So I messaged her and said, hey, where are you from? And she was like, Howarth, which is only down the road. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. And so the next thing you know, I'm going to meet up with Sue, Sue of my team. Mm. And I come across an advert for someone else in Howarth who is actually a, a ghost team. Right. I reach out to Pennine Paranormal and Sai is the runner. And he's like just the most welcoming person. He's like, hey, come up, yeah, we, we, we haven't been going too long, but let's let's meet up. So Sue, myself, and Sai of Parent Penine Paranormal, we met up in this pub in Howarth, and we all just splurged to each other how much we like this and what we believed and what equipment we used, and agreed to meet up for an investigation. Um, now, Sai of Penine Paranormal was all scientist scientific uh no ouija balls he was very much like the meter has to read what it is i don't want us any doing every any medium shit you know mm. but i was like i've just done the ouija board and i think there's something in it and he was like taken with it straight away when we had what we had on our first night he was like well that's just that's just weird i, di I didn't think it would be you know so good so yeah the three of us started on our journey and then through facebook it's just like, oh, I'm interested in the paranormal. And, you know, people who the mo were the most interested tended to get on the team. Um, and then those basic people, the structure is still who my team is now through different versions and going away and coming back. But, yeah, it's the same bunch of friends, really. So the last time we spoke was back in September um, and we had a, 
we had a chat. He told me some um, some really interesting stuff actually about Howarth um, and some of the investigations you've done there. Where have you been doing your investigations since then, since we last spoke? Did I mention York to you? Do you remember? Because we met the most amazing spirit called Sam mm. in York, and you did. then travelled yeah. around with us. You said you were going to go back and and do some further investigations. Yes. So did did you did you go back? Yes. We were warned by Sam all leading up to it. Do not come back to my house. I will do this. I will do that. You know, you'll get harmed. Mm. And it was just like really exciting at the time. You know what I mean? We were all like, wow, is, is this could be really good or nothing will happen. Yeah. It didn't happen how I thought it would. But um, so what turned out was we made friends with Sam in the end. Um, it's it's quite difficult to explain, really, but we're very trepidatious. And but rather than be antagonizing, we were sat in his house saying, look, Sam, I know you warned us off from coming. We have nothing but respect for you. I know we came and we we passed over a spirit lady in this house and you you felt that was the wrong thing for us to do. Um, there were enemies because he was harassing this woman's spirit and we saved her by, you know, stop bullying this woman. Um, but, but yeah, we just, we just praised him and uh, hoped that that would make him see that he, he was of value to our team because mm. he really was. In the time that we met him to the investigations all over Colne or whatever around this area, mm. he, when he butted in, it was proper evidence. You know, it's like freezing cold. It was so strong on the Ouija board. This guy was like no other spirit, you know. So I was just saying thank you, thank you so much. And eventually, with the help of a woman I met in Ilkley, a ghost woman called Ruth, who had, who had stayed with him all the time. They're always a pair. He'd have a go at us, but she'd be trying to keep him back under control. <laughs> and Sam said you've got demons attached to you. Now, yeah, you can raise an eyebrow and all that, because I was the same. But I can only tell you it, how it played out. He said, you've got demons from when you you and Lucy on my team did your rituals evening. Mm. The rituals evening was when Lucy and I, we were only, the only two available. So we decided to, to stream us doing all the things we could think of to show that they, well, they weren't real. The Charlie Charlie with the pencils, the Bloody Mary, even stupid things like Candyman. We drew pentagrams on the floor. We did all the things that viewers were like, oh, no, I'd never do that. We were showing that ah, it's fine. We did a voodoo doll. You know, it was like chuck everything at it. And then it became apparent that we did have allegedly these two somethings attached to us from that evening. Um, and in York, we were pretty much told off by the spirits saying, you don't realise what you've messed with, uh, spelt on the Ouija board, symbols have power. You know, it's like, now I've always preached that the power of intention seems to be such a big thing in the paranormal field. Mm. Um, so it seemed that we had conjured something up uh, Sam even went on to na name them 
and then researching them, you find that they are supposedly demonic and even gave who they were related to. So we're like, well, I mean, we don't know. I had no negative impact from them, but Lucy, her bad luck, let's say, really amped up for a good six months after that evening. Her mm-hmm. health, health went down. And ever since York, when Sam and Ruth did a kind of cleansing of us mm. um, from this demonic attack, if you like, which was all, all played out through Estes method, which is where you put headphones on and somebody else listens to necrophonic. And Now, you can take all of it with a pinch of salt, but mm. to have lived through it, it seemed like that. I just take it as, okay, if you, if you say that's what happened, um, we summoned something up, you helped get them off us, and Lucy's voice was mimicking what she was hearing in the headphones, not knowing what was going on at our board, because she's in a separate room. So Sam, sorry, Sam is talking through Lucy in a way, and then say, and then also this demonic voice saying, uh, get Chris's eyes. It's like, well, it's saying my name. It mm. just felt totally like the voices coming through on this random app was aimed right at me. Mm. And then I had a I had a I a problem for well, for a couple of months after doing that. It's all very much coincidental, but how many coincidences, you know, yeah. can yeah. you can you brush off? Ultimately, we get friends with this Sam. We learn that his name's Sam Durst. I, being in York, I could research through the day, and the house we were we were at there, it said, "Oh, it's the oldest house in York." And I thought, "Come on, I'm sure everyone says they're the oldest house in York. That's a massive claim. The one house that we're in is the oldest in a medieval place." So I go, I go to the library, and, and it says yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So when when did it date back to then? Oh God, I don't know. I've got I've probably got it on my phone somewhere. That's that's not the sort of information I I go around with in my head. But yeah, I'm sure I can I can find that again. But yeah, that's it. That's what the the library said in this this dusty old stone gate. It's in Stonegate. But okay. I'm happy to be disproved because I, I can't I can't back it up. But yeah, I can't imagine. Just one house. You know what I mean? So, How many houses did they build? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So when when did he when did he die then, or or more to the point, when did he live? I remember when we first spoke to him when he was alive um, with his nanny that he raped and felt it was his property. This is why we fell out. That was eighteen hundred. So that's when he was. So really, from when the house was built, he's a modern. He, he himself was a modern spirit. Yeah. Um, he was a, a money lender, um, so very affluent because he was in charge of the, the cash. Big businessman at the time. Um, he had his he had his hand in printing, which I then found out that Stonegate was a massive printing industry. It's another tick. Like I'm, well, I didn't know that. Mm. You know all these things. Um, but beyond that sort of fact that you can check, Sam would tell us things about ourselves. I think I had him in my house. I wouldn't tell the team what he did or said, you know, what, what he did or what I said to him. Mm. And on the Ouija board afterwards, I'd say, I think you're in my house. Is that right? And he'd say, yes. I'd say, well, what did you do or where were you? And he would be able to say not only what he did activity-wise that only I knew, he would say my response. 
my sister would go to York and go into his backyard and say something. And then months later, she would say, what did I say when I came to your home? And Sam would be able to say the words that she said. And yeah, he, he did that with all of us. He'd give information about our children, you know, that, that they'd done that day. And it's like he's always with you, watching you, or has access to, to that. And spirits that I've spoke to over the years all seem to have an existence out of our time. Mm. When, we've, when we've said, OK, then, like if I'm on a Ouija board with you, Craig, I'd say, tell me what Craig's house number is. And if he, spelled, if, if he did your house number, you'd say, well, Chris don't know my house number. But mm. that is correct. Mm. We've all had, you know, I know we're close as a team, but I don't go as far as knowing their house numbers. And so, you know, when they were all correct, it's like, what is this knowledge that we've tapped into? So, how did he communicate with you normally then? How... Only on the Ouija board. We don't, we don't, we're not mediums, we're nothing like that. We're simply right. what they can, you know, convey through the Ouija board. That's our preferred method. So, would you sort of hold a, a Ouija board session regularly then in order to be able to talk to him? And, also, the other thing that just struck me as well is, were you not sort of quite scared about the fact that he knew so much about your family and he was obviously following you around, he knew about your children? Um, did that not worry you somewhat? <laughs> uh, whether I'm just ignorant to that sort of thing, we had a bit of a tussle with Sam. He'd give it all the threats, and so I'd take my finger off We'd all take our fingers off the glass because that's when he would talk to us because Ouija boards are our thing. And we'd start, and he'd threaten us. And I'd say, well, okay, then make a massive noise or, you know, push me or something. And when you take your finger off the glass, we're not providing him with energy. Mm. And so then nothing would happen. And so I'd get more confident in going, you say all these things, Sam, but, you know, without us giving you energy, you're powerless because we <laughs> thought it was a bully. Whereas now my mindset is, he's probably in the right. I know that times were different and, and, and we're never going to agree on his actions. Mm. But I walked into his house, tried to, well, did seemingly get rid of a spirit that he thought belonged to him, then tried to banish him from his own home. Who the, how does he see me? Mm. You know what I mean? And that was disrespectful. And so we had him as this bully and then he ended up helping us out in the end and giving us great activity. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm in the wrong, really. Mm. So, so yeah, yeah. You've, you've sort of encroached on his yeah. um, existence. Was he, was he aware that he was dead? Yeah, absolutely. And I said, look, do you want, do you want to be passed over? Because we, we've done that before. Do you know, you know, do you want to, he's stuck here. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm king here. You know, he's in a B&B. He's got, it's dressed up somewhat to be spooky because it just is spooky. Mm. So then they've kind of, the people who own the B&B have doubled down and called it, you know, the haunted chambers in York, all right? It's got a Ouija board what's magnetised, so as soon as you pull the planchette away, it flicks back to the middle, possibly right. spooking some people, <laughs> you know. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit It's a bit of a haunted funhouse kind of vibe. Mm. Um but obviously we take our own equipment and we, we do our own methods. Mm. Um, so he's got all these people coming in, half of them 
coming in and saying, well, this isn't on, this isn't on, it's nothing, it's... But then other half saying, why oh, I didn't like it, I've had all these experiences. Two Mormons apparently booked, and then within two hours, that says not, not staying there, you know, for whatever reason. So you've got a 50-50 split of people actually saying, yep, yeah, it's all true, it's a horrible place. Um, and seemingly some people that Sam said had done rituals or some stuff to actually elevate his power. That's why he was stronger than all the other spirits would ever found he's got a complete you know you think about his week he's got two nights of one set of people then another two nights of another constant stream of energy coming through there to to take um yeah so i think that's why he he was quite happy thank you very much leave me here and why would i want to move on you know is he still with you at the moment then well since we we haven't done anything really since york uh because you know the the, the winter drew to a close and Christmas and so now it feels like we've got both not only Ruth but Sam behind us and we're starting a new phase next week to start some new investigations and so our mindsets have changed uh you know we've, we've definitely got a different outlook and maybe a bit more we thought we were respectful anyway but mm. we're going to be even more respectful like I say think about your think about their perspective of you as you're interrupting their place their existence yeah yeah and hopefully uh we'll just because the activity was getting crazy from the 10 years before when when you could always put a question mark over things that were happening mm. you know like well it could be just us reading into it just activity ever since sam came along seemed to really amp up to where you'd ask for a bang on the shutter and it would be really loud mm. and there's only you on the board there it's like wow It'd make you jump out of your skin, you know. So, so he could he could manipulate objects in the same way that a that a poltergeist can. Yeah, I mean, I literally have had knocks which you don't expect. You, mm. you ask every time for knocks to knock back, mm. and you might you might get the cooling of a building, a tick or a drip of a, a, a water. You're like, nah, that's not enough. That's nothing. To then suddenly go bang, and you're like, my God, you know, I, I might even I jumped because in all the years I've asked. That's not something that normally happens. But activity was ramping up and up. I'm asking and I'm, and I'm getting. And so I want to see where that takes us. Mm. Every experience is a learning a learning chance, isn't it? Opportunity. It is, yeah. So where, where's, your, um, where's your upcoming investigations going to be then? Have you, have you decided yeah. where you're going? Well, we've been allowed to go to this mill where I've wanted to go for ages, uh, linked to where my brother used to work in Bradford. It's um, uh, a wool mill. And uh, yeah, after years of wearing the owner down, and I think even though he's sceptical, he was like, well, I know your brother, and you're obviously just like him, level-headed. And now you've piqued my curiosity because you're saying that you were a sceptic and now you're a believer. Then I'm curious. Mm. And so I've got, you know, he's basically like, yeah, I will. You come in, I'll come along and see what you guys do. So finally, I've got the access to this mill, which uh, even he himself, totally sceptical, said one time we were in with just one other guy on a weekend and we could hear the woolen. It's like carts on wheels. A few heavy things get pushed around and you could hear somebody walking with a cart all the way on the top floor above them. And they just went, oh, you know what, let's uh, let's come back Monday. 
and these are, you know, skeptical people. So there's something there. Um, and then what's the week after? Come on, brain. It'll come back to me. But we've got some wear the week after as well. So you've got quite a lot to look forward to in the new year then. And um, we'll have to we'll have to come back again. We'll have to we'll have to have another chat at some point in the future about your ongoing investigations. You've done some. Uh, you've done some quite interesting ones very close to where I live as well. I know you mentioned you'd been to um, Stonyhurst um, Cemetery. Uh, the last yeah. uh, the last chat we had, you were you were telling us about that. So, so yeah, um, I have to say you, you've got some fascinating stories. What would it just remind us again the name of the book and where people can find it? Yeah, it's on Amazon only. Search Into the Darkness: Becoming a Ghost Hunter by Chris Whitehouse. And eventually you'll get further into the darkness, becoming a believer, the sequel, which takes the journey further on through, the, through these these last few fantastic years. Yeah. Are you going to be talking about your um, your relationship with Sam in that book? Yes, it'll be. Um, there was another thing that happened uh, in, in York, if I can just tell you that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is just another example of activity getting better than normal. We had a girl come to the board saying, lost lost my shoe. And we were like, you've lost your shoe? Who's lost your shoe? What, how old are you? Oh, it's, you know, oh, I'm seven, I'm a girl. Lost my shoe, lost it, whatever. You're very young. Oh, where have you lost it? Oh, it's in the stream, right? Why is it in the stream? We were all sort of, oh, what have you done that for? Being really playful and finding it amusing. And then starts talking about her dad and this other, other man called, she called the hat man. And as little elements of the story started started coming up, she said, oh, it's a red, it's a red shoe. And I, she was really obsessed with this shoe. And one of our streaming viewers, I saw a comment go up and I went, oh, that's just, what was that? And it turns out the person at home had actually put these details in and it had brought up a real case. Right. And it was called the Red Shoe Murder in York, in the place where she... So then we're suddenly like, what? You know, we're busy working. And then we got someone on the team who was sat away from the board to, to sort of start to look herself. Mm. So then she could see the real article of this unsolved murder, which is a cold case, and then the family was still looking for answers. And because she she'd say, OK, then where did you where did you die? Who found you? Mm. Where did they find you? And so was it the board just like spelling it and going, on the, you know, but your young boy found her on the wasteland behind a house. And she's like, yeah, young boy, looking at the article. All these things were right. And then she actually pulled up a picture of this girl, Norma, Norma Dale, can't quite remember. Um, yeah, and, and I, I said, don't show us the picture. I said, I said Norma, describe to us what you look like. We haven't seen a picture. Mm. And she described her hair, her fringe. And so, yeah, when we saw the picture, just what made you go cold? Mm. You know, all these details that were accurate to a news article that we hadn't seen. Yeah. Wow. You could probably um, you could probably help the police then in some in some cer not cer circumstances. And they're not interested. No. Nope. Because, Fair uh, Fair the, even though the family, you know, were looking out, it's like I, I contacted the papers and said, look, that that news article that you. You did. I have information that came through a Ouija board. And you oh, interested. you're not answering. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, have you got a website, social media, YouTube? 
Yes, uh, YouTube, White House Investigations, uh, Facebook, White House Investigations, www.whitehouseinvestigations.co.uk. Ten years of write-ups are on there that I mentioned earlier. And, um, yeah, just, just give us a follow, please. That would be really beneficial. Yep, and also buy your book, of course. I would really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, great stuff. Well, it's been great talking to you, Chris. Thanks very much. Um, as as last time, really fascinating stories. Um, yeah, some really quite quite um, thought provoking uh, things that have ha happened to you over the years, and I'm sure they'll carry on. Uh, we'll definitely catch up again sometime in the future, um, especially when when your second book, whenever that is. If you let me know when that's finished um, and out. We can uh, we can catch up and have a chat about uh, about your follow up book. Uh, one thing I will say to you about a follow up book is it's a bit like that difficult second album that uh, that musicians often uh, find when they've had a, a successful first album. Um, so yeah, just uh, just enjoy writing it and uh, enjoy putting all your stories down and all, all your experiences and uh, and good luck with your investigations. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me back. No worries. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. You can visit my website at www.craigbryant.co.uk. Paranormal Pendle will return and remember to keep watching the shadows. <laughs>